Chapter 5 Even after a whole month in Azkaban, these were the thoughts that drifted into Draco's mind as he sat staring at the cold, damp grey walls of his cell. Minimum security wasn't all bad. Granted, the food was almost always rotten and consisted solely of bread, water and apples, but he quite liked apples. He had a thin mattress on the floor and had been allowed an outer robe for warmth, which he could also use as a pillow. Plus, he was only shackled when he left his cell. All in all, it was a five-star hotel compared to what he could have endured in maximum security. The clanging of a wand on his cell bars told him that it was time to go to his final meeting with his rehabilitation therapist before he would be allowed to leave. He should have been happier about getting out of here, but he couldn't shake the niggling feeling that what awaited him would just be more misery. Theo and Granger had been so close the last time he saw them, and he just knew that in the remaining month they had leading up to the return to school for their eighth year, they would only get closer. Theo was his best friend, for goodness sake. He knew how he worked. All the glances he had caught him giving her across the trial room, or the subtle, slow movements of his fingers on her shoulder. Draco wasn't stupid. He had stewed on those interactions enough over the past month to convince himself that there was more than friendship on mind of his best friend. He just hoped that Granger didn't reciprocate those feelings. Not that he ever expected that she would have those feelings for him instead. He very much doubted it, almost disallowed himself to even think of it at the time. But even if he couldn't have her, his best friend or anyone that had even a minuscule involvement in his life for that matter was the last person he wanted her to even spend time with. So, his therapist, Eponine Abbott, the older cousin of his schoolmate Hannah Abbott, stared, leaning back in her plush leather chair, a stark contrast to the rickety wooden one Draco sat in on the other side of the magical shield between him and the outside world. How are you feeling about leaving us today? Good. Draco. He received a glare and a slight shake of the head from Eponine. You know, now is not the time to be coy. Draco sighed. He knew that he should be opening up about things, but he just couldn't bring himself to look weak in front of this woman one more time. I genuinely feel good, a little nervous about having to return to Hogwarts. Because of all that's happened there. What was this woman? Stupid? Of course. Draco couldn't keep the hint of condensation out of his voice. All right. And what do you do to help those nerves? Eponine sighed. I have my ways. Eponine glanced quickly, almost undetected by Draco, to his left forearm. Don't think I don't know what your ways are, Draco. Her eyes were boring into his own now, with a glimmer of disappointment. You need to find healthy ways to deal with what you're going through. Draco couldn't do more than nod and look at the floor. There were few things in his life that he felt disappointment in himself for, which was quite an achievement given the circumstances, but his ways of dealing with his past were definitely one of them. Other than his ornate silver box, nobody but Eponine had ever managed to make him open up about it. The session carried on for over two hours, with Eponine making sure that Draco was prepared for returning to the manor that night before heading to the Hogwarts Express the morning after. They talked through techniques of how to deal with his anger and issues, and also came up with nice breathing exercises to help him when he was inevitably subjected to taunts in the corridors of the school from those who didn't believe he should be there. Draco left the session through the door to the outside world with Eponine and was relieved when she told him that she would continue to be his therapist and would be visiting him and the headmaster's McGonagall once a month at Hogwarts 
to see how he was doing. With one final pat on the shoulder, she was gone, and Draco finally felt the weight of his shackles drop off his wrists and ankles. A free-ish man at last. Walking through the doors of his bedroom at the manor was not the experience Draco had expected. He had expected, well, more hoped, to feel relief and a sense of calm, but as soon as he crossed the threshold, all he could feel was anxiety. His mother had left his room in the exact same state it had been in when he had left in the morning of his trial. Bed neatly made, a pile of unopened letters on his nightstand, and his owl, Hermes, napping on his perch in the corner. Draco wandered over to his bed, flopping down next to the small package that lay on his pillow. Opening it with care, he realised that it was his clothes and belongings he had had on him when he was taken to Azkaban. His crisp suit and blue pocket square had been laundered, and as he lifted them up, a sense of calm washed over him as it rolled his wand in the silver box, still warded shut with all of its locking and protection charms. Having his wand back made him feel more like himself, that was for sure. He quickly waved it to unlock the silver box. After his discussion with Eponine, he had every intent to get rid of the troublesome artefact, but as soon as he opened it, he couldn't do it. Anyone who looked at the contents of his box would think he'd gone mental. Not one of the items held any significance to anyone else. In fact, they were all muggle. Anyone who came across this box in the possession of one Draco Malfoy would probably assume it was something he'd stolen from someone else, not things that a pureblood would cherish. He slammed the box shut and reapplied all the charms. He couldn't allow himself into that hole again. The day was the first day of the rest of his life and he would do everything to make it a good one, starting with making amends. Draco made his way down the corridor towards his father's study to steal some of his best parchment. If he was going to be writing a letter to Hermione Granger, he needed to make an impression. And what better way to do that than writing on the best parchment money could buy? He remembered only seeing his father use his parchment on two pivotal occasions in his life. Once when he wrote to the Minister of Magic himself to request that he be made Chair of the Board of Governors for Hogwarts, and once when he wrote to the Dark Lord, inviting him to use Malfoy Manor as headquarters in the war. Draco shivered at the last one, and he remembered marvelling at his thick paper quality, its slight golden glow from the minuscule flecks of real gold within the paper, and its deep green Malfoy family crest in the top centre of the page. It would be perfect for an apology letter to Granger. He stopped halfway down the corridor to his father's study, when he suddenly felt a chill running through his spine. Looking around, he couldn't see any open windows. There weren't any windows at all in this corridor, and no doors were ajar to let in a draught. Then it dawned on him, as he span back around and caught a glimpse of the dark oak door with snake handles in the corner of his eye. The drawing room. That's what had made him shiver. He had never particularly liked the drawing room, its vast open space between the fireplace and the dim lighting that surrounded the collection of smoky chairs next to his father's whiskey globe and cigars. From the highest end, magical cigar shop, of course. But since what he could describe as a top three worst day of my life moment, he had hated the room, loathed it with all his being. For weeks after he had refused to go anywhere near this wing of the house, let alone the room itself, Every time he got close to it, he would hear her screams vibrating through him. He would see her glazed over eyes, tear-filled, looking at his in sheer terror as he hid in the shadows. 
He would retch at the smell of her blood mixed with goblin poison from his aunt's blade. Blood that was, he had realised fully that day, no different to his own. Rage filled him. Rage that he no longer realised he had. All of the emotions of the past few months and all of the red raw feelings that he still had from seeing her as his trial swelled within him. He wrenched open the doors to the drawing room and saw red. Literally. Fiendfire swam around him, cascading from his wand to hit multiple points in the room, its dragon shape smashing through chairs, cracking mirrors and exploding glasses. He was surrounded by his anger and his flames as he started to choke on the smoke that filled the room. Falling to his knees, he let out a pained scream, a scream that was filled with regrets and tears. Oh my, Draco! His mother was pulling him to his feet, coughing on the smoke that now surrounded them, dragging him out to the corridor. Turning around, she cast Aguent Maxima towards the room and quickly closed the doors, locking them with several charms to keep the finfire at bay, prevent it from spreading to any of the rooms whilst the water charm did its job. What the hell were you thinking? A scratching sound jolted Hermione from her book as she looked up to see an owl at the window, a large, beautiful black owl with huge amber eyes that she'd never seen before. Theo? She leaned over from the ornate armchair she was sitting on in the drawing room of Not Manor to poke him awake. There's an owl for you, I believe. Theo's head lolled forwards as he groggily wiped the drool from his chin. Attractive, he thought to himself as he stalked over to the window to let the owl in. Hello, Hermes he said, stroking the owl's feathers. What brings you here? Theo untied the thick envelope from Hermes's leg, which was elegantly offered to him, before giving an owl a treat and ushering it back through the window. Malfoy. Hermione let her book fall to the floor as she hurried over to Theo. Of course, he must have been released today with the school year starting tomorrow, she offered. What does he have to say? A lot by the look of it said Theo, cracking the green Malfoy wax seal on the back of the envelope. Oh, look, there's one for you too. What? Hermione carefully took the letter proffered to her by Theo, a look of confusion on her face. Why on earth would Draco Malfoy be writing to her? She took the letter back over to the armchair and began to read. Hermione. Well, that was odd for a start. No Granger, my most prolific enemy, mudblood to address her with. This is probably one of the hardest letters I have ever had to write. Anyone who knows me knows that I am very good at hiding my feelings and emotions, and I am certainly the last person that anyone ever expects to apologise for anything. But here I am, offering an olive branch to you on the eve of our return to Hogwarts, by way of an apology, and Hermione jumped from her chair, startling Theo. I'm going to read this at home, was all she offered, slowly making her way to the flu never taking her eyes off the letter. What the hell is Malfoy up to? Theo thought to himself. Chapter 6 Being back on the Hogwarts Express was something if you had told Draco he was going to be doing again, this time just four months ago, he would have laughed in your face until he couldn't breathe. Yet here he was, being escorted into the very end carriage along with his fellow Slytherin bad guys, Pansy, Theo and Blaze. 
They would be the only four of their house returning for their eighth year, with Crabbe gone, Goyle pledging his allegiance to Voldemort still, and subsequently serving a ten-year sentence in Azkaban for it, and the rest of the girls having never got involved with Dark Lord's plans, so suffering no consequences. This was certainly a different experience than Draco was used to. Every other year he had boarded this train, except maybe his sixth year, when all he got was a stern look from his father while his mother tried not to cry, knowing what he was being tasked to do that year. This year he had been escorted along with his three friends to King's Cross Station, an hour earlier than usual, direct from the Ministry with four auras in tow. The teens were told that it was for their own protection, should there be any parents or fellow students who should try to make any trouble. But Draco had a knot in the bottom of his stomach that made him think it was much more for the protection of other witches and wizards than it was for their small group of degenerates. Draco had never sat in this part of the train. It was usually reserved for the prefects and also housed the compartments for the teachers who didn't live at the school and the head boy and girls compartment. This year, however, with a number of students still opting to do their education at home, or having transferred to other wizarding schools across the world, the whole of this carriage had been put aside to house the four Slytherins and the head students only. The Aurors waited by the doors of the carriage as the rest of the students greeted each other on the platform, said teary goodbyes to family and friends and boarded the train, lugging large trunks behind them. Draco felt quite sorry for the younger students who hadn't yet learnt how to charm their trunks to be weightless. He wasn't sure if there was charms in the windows to their carriage, but as he looked out, he swore not one student looked in their direction, and nobody shouted anything nasty to them, or anything at all for that matter, as they passed by. Well, Theo stretched in his seat, letting his arm fall behind Pansy, which he quickly removed and moved over one seat. Here we go again, boys and lady, he winked in Pansy's direction. But this year will be different, yeah? Pansy looked pleadingly at her three male friends, letting her eyes linger a little longer on Draco as she said, Please, no funny business. We've learned a lot about ourselves and how stupid we've been all these years. We really need to show people how we've changed for the better. I thought I'd never see the day, Theo laughed. Blaze shot him a stern look before nodding and smiling at Pansy in agreement. All right, mate, I was just joking. Theo looked a little abashed, but quickly glanced over at Draco, apparently expecting him to be on his side. Draco couldn't bring himself to be a part of the conversation, not because he hadn't changed or because he didn't want to be accepted in the wizarding world. He wanted that more than ever. But he hadn't believed all the shit that the Dark Lord had been spurting since he was about 14 and had joined out of pure fear for not only his life, but the life of his family and those he cared about. He just wasn't convinced that the wizarding world would believe them, especially him, and accept them back with anything less than daily hexes in the corridor. As the train started to move, the Aurors jumped off and apparated away. As they did, Draco felt a wave of relief wash over him. There was no way until they reached Hogsmeade that any student could disturb them. At least he thought so. A distinct popping sound rang out from the end of the carriage, and a few seconds later, a bushy-haired 18-year-old opened the door to their carriage. Hi, everyone. Hermione beamed. Draco was a little taken aback by Hermione's entrance, but more so at the reception she not only gave him and his friends, but how excitedly they returned the friendly welcome. All three of his friends were up and hugging the Gryffindor. Draco stayed firmly in his seat. He hadn't seen her since his trial, and the flash of angry, no jealousy, 
that ripped through him when he saw her and Theo looking cosy together. And he didn't trust himself to have any contact with her without either exploding from awkwardness or getting hard on. At his trial, she had been wearing professional robes to look smart, but now, in her muggle clothes, he got a whole different view. He had thought she was pretty for a long time. A classic beauty. Okay, he had a massive crush on her. But now, in her tight denim jeans and cropped scoop-neck jumper, his opinion was quickly shifting from Hermione Granger is an intelligent, kind witch who is very, very pretty to Hermione Granger is an intelligent, kind witch who is possibly one of the sexiest girls, no women, I've ever seen. Granger was all he could manage, giving her a quick nod. He couldn't even bring himself to smile at her for fear of grinning like a child, and he felt a pang of guilt when she looked a little disappointed at his rather cold reception towards her. It was better this way, though, right? He thought. The last thing Granger needed right now was to know that he had fancied her for the past five or six years, and that for the last few months he had multiple fantasies, not only of fucking her silly all over the castle, but actually having a relationship with her too. Wait. Pansy thankfully broke the tension between Granger and Greyco. Did you just apparate within a moving train? Granger blushed slightly before nodding. Fucking hell, Granger, that's impressive. Blaze had somehow lost the ability to close his mouth, which Draco promptly did for him with the tip of his wand. When did Granger get even more impressive? Theo quickly broke him out of his daydreaming. Come to get me, beautiful. Beautiful? Who the fuck was he speaking to? Surely not Granger. I'm afraid not, so you can sit back down. Keep your hands to yourself. Oh, so he was speaking to Granger. And she had responded instantly. Was she used to Theo calling her beautiful? Draco felt another pang in his chest. Of jealousy this time, not guilt. At least she had told him to keep his hands to herself, even if it was laughing about it and clearly joking. I actually need to borrow Malfoy for a bit, she announced to the group before turning to him. Is that okay? Can we speak outside for a second? Everything in his being was screaming at him to jump up, say yes, and grab her in an embrace as soon as they were out of sight of his friends. But all he could manage was a quick nod and a shrug before following her down the carriage to the next empty compartment. He could feel the daggers Theo was throwing him in the back of his head. Theo knew exactly how he felt about Granger, but he didn't care. How are you? I'm sorry. They spoke at the same time. Granger giggled. So, sorry, you go first. Draco took a deep breath. This was going well. Not. I'm sorry. He practically shouted at her through fear. He didn't just get it out of his system. He never would. For everything. And I wanted to thank you for speaking at my trial. You really didn't have to. Not after everything that me and my family put you through the last seven years. Especially me. And I think it's great that you're making such an effort to be friends with my friends. They're a fantastic bunch and I wouldn't have survived this long without them. The best things that have ever happened to me. I don't deserve them and I understand them. Malfoy, you're waffling. If you want to be friends with them, I'll stay out of your way and let you be their friend. I don't have to be around when you're around. If you want to spend time with them or sit next to them in classes, just, just let me have them in the common room. He took another deep breath. He wasn't sure he'd actually stopped for air once in his rounds. <laughs> Wait. Granger was staring at him with a puzzled look. What do you mean you don't have to be around when I am? Draco couldn't actually remember exactly what he'd said. Well, I just mean... 
you're their friend, not mine. I'm not your friend yet. He made eye contact with her for the first time then, his grey eyes swirling with blue flecks, looking deep into the chocolate orbs. Yet? Granger nodded and smiled at him. He felt a flurry of butterflies in his stomach and a warmth spread across his whole body. Yet? I want to be your friend too. I meant what I said at your trial. I think you were misguided and had no choice. You did what you could and I forgave you a long time ago. I really want to get to know you, Mal... Draco. He almost had a heart attack at the sound of his given name on her lips. It was beautiful, it was sincere, and it was what he had been craving for for so long. Unfortunately, not in a friendship capacity, but it was a good start. I think I'd like that too. Great. She stood up and opened her arms to him. Was she asking for a hug? Draco awkwardly stood up and wrapped his arms around her small frame, trying very hard not to let his hands touch the soft skin on her back that was bare to the world as her cropped jumper lifted up as her arms wrapped around his neck. She smelled incredible, like jasmine and vanilla, a smell that he was painfully familiar with, but hadn't smelt in so long. He could almost lose himself in her amazing hair. It was so soft and... He quickly pulled himself away before he did something stupid like squeeze her tighter or smelled her hair more obviously or rested his chin on top of her head. She smiled at him quickly before turning around and pulling open the carriage door. Right, I best go grab Theo. Oh, he's head boy and I'm head girl, she continued. McGonagall wants to see us in the head's compartment. Oh, Draco suddenly felt a lot better. At least she had a reason to see Theo and didn't just want to get him on his own for personal reasons. Draco flopped back down in his seat in the carriage, using all of his energy not to trip Theo up as he left with Hermione, his arms strategically placed on the small of her back as he led her to the head's compartment to meet McGonagall. So, Pansy looked at him sceptically. Draco looked at her quizzically. Are we all friends? Blaze prodded. Draco nodded, and his two companions both started cheering and high-fiving. Oh, thank God, Pansy sighed. I was a little worried you weren't going to be a dick to her in the first two minutes and ruin any chance of us all being friends this year. It would be such a shame to have to split time between the two of you if you had been a tosser, especially after she keeps speaking so highly of you. Draco opened his mouth to question what Granger had been saying about him that was so great when Blaze spoke up in a mock Granger voice. It was inherently creepy on him. I really hope Malfoy does well this year. He's so intelligent and deserves to have a good education. I do hope Malfoy gets to play Quidditch this year. He's such a good flyer and looks so happy when he's on a broom. I do hope Malfoy will be friends with me this year too. He's so... He quickly received a hefty nudge in the stomach from Pansy, which made him cough his last words. Pansy knew how Draco felt about Granger. In fact, Blaze was the only person in their group who didn't. Not counting Granger herself, of course, now. Of course. She turned to him with a look of concern on her face. It'll be a lot easier now you two are going to get along, more with her and Theo being close. What? What was Pansy trying to say? Close, as in, Draco slowly prodded. They haven't said anything official yet, Blaze cut in. But they owl non-stop, and Theo is clearly trying it on with her. 
and now being head boy and girl, it's only a matter of time in those closed private quarters they'll be sharing. He gave Draco a wink and Pansy smacked him on the thigh. Draco could feel the heat rising up his neck. He was a bit taken aback by what his friends were telling him. It didn't sound like they were together yet, but from what had been said, it was clearly only a matter of time. He felt the heat reach his face and bubble up the hurt inside him. No, not hurt. Anger. Anger that he had wasted so much time being a dick to her. Anger that he had done so many stupid things. Things he didn't even believe were right the past two years that had pushed him so much further down the desirable list for her. Anger that he had let his friend take the position of potential suitor in her life. And now they were going to be sharing a common room that nobody else had access to, with nothing but a thin wall between them. Great. Don't be mad at Theo. Pansy had shifted to Draco's side and was stroking his bicep, trying to calm him. He didn't realise it until that moment, but he was physically shaking and had adorned his classic Malfoy snarl once again. Why would... A wash of realisation came over Blaze's face. Wait, you... Fancy her. Draco glared at Blaze and stared with all his might to say no. Draco glared at Blaze and started with all his might to say no, but he couldn't bring himself to do it, and he couldn't manage anything but a quick shut up. Blaze broke into laughter before receiving another slap from Pansy. Oh, this year is going to be wild. Mm-hmm.